Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It is the final day of week seven, and we are here talking about Lucifer season two, uh, Lucifer season three, episode two, the one with the baby carrot. And there's several different places we could start out with this episode. Um, but I think. For me, the most entertaining way for us to start out the episode is to share with everyone that, um, for various reasons, obviously, obviously, I watched the season premiere the other day, so we could talk about it yesterday, but I've been watching these with my parents, and they were unable to watch, so we had to watch, the. I had to re-watch the season one premiere with them so that we could watch episode two for today, and okay. um, I think, unless something changes, Lieutenant Bland might get them to stop watching the show. They really, really, especially my mom, but my dad too. They really don't like uh, Lieutenant Pierce. And um, they're like, but why, why would you do that? Why would you, why is this guy on the show? What is, why, why the character? Why the performance? All of it. It's making, and what did they do to Ella? I was just like, oh, this is going to be interesting. So, uh, they felt similarly about episode two as episode one. And I think having them back to back probably did not help. <laughs> um, what I am curious, and the fact that it took like an hour and a half to get the Xbox working so we could use Netflix so that we could then start an hour and a half of it. Probably all of it. It was just like, I'll to make some popcorn for our Sunday night viewing for episode three, I think. And maybe that'll help. But um, I'm curious how you guys felt about this episode. Because it returns to several things that we really enjoy, but it kind of does them in a season three way so far. And I'm not sure that we're actually going to like how they return to some familiar beats. Because anytime Dan does improv, this is a good thing, right? I'm not sure how I feel about Dan does stand up. And I don't, I'm a little on the fence. So I'm curious how you guys feel about it. Noel, I'm going to throw it to you first. What did you think of Dan does stand up? It wasn't good because he's not trained to do stand-up he doesn't know how to do stand-up he does improv and as he explains and i i think appropriately it's very different (laughs) um so there's that aspect of it of like i kind of enjoy the awkwardness of him trying to figure out how to do that but it was still just it ended up feeling kind of flat for me but that mainly describes the entirety of the episode um i think that the other thing that ends up like harming especially the stand-up bit is the fact that it's all grounded in as scotty just hits immediately is that the subject matter they had him try is a minefield and neither he nor this episode handled it even a little bit well which was going to be my next point of micro penises aren't funny so this is just a nothing type of plot line that we're hitting and the humor that we're trying to find here is nothing non-existent um so it's just a terrible sort of like confluence of bad ideas all mixed together um especially when you consider the fact that there's a perfectly good episode title hanging out over in the Linda and Amenadiel thing where you talk about a gar- a literal garbage fire of angel wings like that's the episode title not this um so i think that it's really bizarre that this was the tone that you wanted for this episode um that these were the jokes you thought could hit for this episode and all of this so it's just real rough and real bad and i was very frustrated by i was very frustrated by the procedural in general 
mm-hmm. um, in this episode um, because it didn't make a lot of sense again. And I was also really confused by the prop warehouse slash studio warehouse slash <laughs> costume warehouse slash what the fuck was that building? <laughs> yeah. I will say this. I liked that Dan knew did not like what he was saying and was trying yes. to get a rise out of the person and knew like they, I like that they made Dan aware. It's like he, he's, he's not better. Lucifer was actually, at least I know what I'm saying is vile. I'm trying to get a reaction. He thought he was being better, but he was just making it worse. So at least the character has this level of awareness, but the episode doesn't. The episode so, doesn't. So to have the character have that awareness and then not have the episode, like it's very strange how that like, Normally, it's the other way around. Um, Scotty also says, I thought it was so ugly and loathsome. The show tried to have its cake and eat it. Hard agree. Um, Marcus says, Angel Wing Dumpster Fire. I literally had the same thought while watching it. That is the title of the episode. That's what it should be. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's not It's not great. Allison, how'd you, how'd you feel about that part of the episode? Super similarly. I um, I actually had, well, I had the same thought about, thought about Angel Wing Dumpster Fire, but there were a couple of other lines in Linda scenes where I was like, where I had that like jolt of recognition that you have when you actually get to the episode title, only it wasn't. So I had that yeah. thought multiple times, which is so weird um, and probably not a mark of great writing. Like it felt like they were trying out episode titles. And they just hadn't settled on one, so they put them all in the episode. Um, yeah, I think the thing, your point about Dan is interesting because to me it felt like not so much, well, let me rephrase. Yes, the character had that awareness, um, but Dan is obviously like the wet blanket this episode, mm-hmm. which means that it's not good that he has that awareness, right? Like, he's... I was very frustrated by basically everything that they gave Dan in this episode. It didn't track with what we know of the character. It didn't, um, it's not quite as unrecognizable as Ella, but it really felt like somehow the inner workings got all jumbled up. And I feel like, um, Kevin Alejandro, if any time I was like, Oh, okay, well I understand what's going on. It was due to him and not the writing because I just didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, it's like, I don't, I don't know what, who, whoever wrote this episode or however they, the conversations when they were breaking the episode in the writer's room, uh, I don't know what their opinions of stand up comedy or improv are, or like, right, I, like th- there didn't seem to be a point of view on any of it um, at all, other than that that guy is a dick, which he's a dick, but the, the plot was so jumbled and the ideas in it so contradictory and confused that I was left not knowing, like, is joke stealing okay? Because I'm not sure Lucifer, the television show, has an opinion on that. Um, is it uh, okay to tell jokes about other people? What jokes are okay? When are they okay? What's the tone of the Like, the idea that if you're a billionaire, punching down is bad, but if you're not then punching down is okay. Like very, very confusing and frustrating. And it basically undermined everything else in the episode because I was so bewildered by it that I couldn't pay attention. And then when you add on top of that, um, the, just the foolishness of the sting, like that would never work. It would also just know that sting would never work. There are so many assumptions that go into 
to crafting that as an idea. And then like, no, no one listening to Lucifer talk would think, oh, well, he's definitely on the side of the micro penis. Like it doesn't, everybody somehow got stupider. Um, and I think of those things, the, like of those cases, the worst was definitely Ella. Um, who again, apparently just, was she in a car accident in between seasons? Like, where where did this come from? It's incredibly frustrating and off-putting. And I feel really bad for the actress because all of a sudden she's an idiot. Amy Garcia is trying to sell it. She's doing her best. She's a trooper. Like, emotionally unstable, unsubtle, bad at her job. Like, what happened? How frustrating. Mm Um. Scotty says, trope number two that I hated, sad sack comedians or sad sack pa- uh, podcasters. There, it shows such contempt for these characters while at the same time trying to show their, quote, real face and generate sympathy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a sad sack podcaster, I appreciated the <laughs> representation. <laughs> well, the, there are some things. Um, yeah, there are a lot of frustrating things. And the uh, the just the writing is just not it's not been good this season. And there are some things that are working, and I think we should talk about the stuff with Linda, Dr. Linda and the Mendedeal, because I like that quite a bit, but um, the balance is all off. Um, the other thing I will say that I very much enjoyed is Lucifer with the puppet. I I like puppets. Everybody loves puppets. Tonight on Drag Race is the puppet episode, guys. Um, anyways, uh, so I there's a, like, so a little, I can see how they were like, oh, this will be fun, and this will be fun, but like er, the overarching, like... I don't know if it's the writing room management or something. It's just there, something is off, or or maybe they're trying to like. It it also feels like they got notes from Fox and try to like how to keep the show, get the show back, kind of a thing. They're trying to incorporate like let's make it funnier. Let's make can can Ella be goofier and like more of the body humor, right? That's what people want from the show, kind of a thing. And yeah, yeah. But let's talk about Doctor Linda and Amanda Deal because I continue to really enjoy them despite everything else that's going on. Yeah. I'm, I mean, those were the scenes that worked the best for me. I still feel like there's some of that incongruity. Like it just doesn't, it's not quite gelling like it used to. Um, but at least those are scenes between obvious, um, well, one human and one divine entity, uh, but people with thoughts and wants and needs and conflicts and personalities speaking to each other and communicating ideas and emotions, which is something that wasn't present for most of the rest of the episode. Um, There's like an internal emotional logic, which is not a thing that I thought I was going to be like, where did all of the basic tenants of writing go in Lucifer? Um, But apparently they're all in these scenes. Uh, Mostly I just really like those two actors playing off each other. I like Rachel Harris and D.B. Woodside together. Um, And I, I just, I feel really bad for Linda that her medical training has put her in the position of having to deal with a bunch of like very traumatic, um, visceral stuff. Uh, However, I thought that in particular, her concern for Lucifer, like the, the effect of actually seeing the wings and being able to un- intellectualize and understand and personalize what that experience must be. Um, 
I think was really effective and affecting and um, fed that last scene of theirs together in a really interesting way. No, I very much agree. And I think that the ways in which they use Lucifer as both a figure within the show and also just as a character here to propel this idea of Lucifer's always been the test for me as a really interesting pivot for Amenadiel from... I need you to come back to hell because I'm running hell and I don't want to run hell, but also this is your job. But also listen to me, I'm your older brother. Um, and then, or like, yeah, yeah, older brother. I kind of get my angel chronology mixed up, the genealogy <laughs> mixed up. Um, to this idea of I am my brother's keeper in a way of having to deal with Lucifer. And everything that he brings up. I didn't mean to do Nixon there, so I apologize. <laughs> um, so I think that I think that that's a really interesting pivot for the character. And I really like that concept of seeing Lucifer as a task to prove himself. And so I'm I'm I really like that. And I like that how this all comes out through cleaning up after Lucifer, through talking to Lucifer's therapist. Um, and while some of this kind of feels like a Leslie Ann Brandt's still not here, so we still need something for Linda to do and talk about what she's kind of going through, but we can't do because Maze isn't here. Well, Amenadiel's the next best thing because he has no other connections to any other characters, really. So I, I think it ends up working better than by necessity, but it's still really, really good. Um, how do you guys feel about the like the revelation with our you know Sinnerman plot? That the guy who killed the guy from Mad Men, Michael Gladys, uh, in the premiere was doesn't know anything about Sinner Man, and then how Lucifer pivots off of that and off of Doctor Lynn's advice to just like double down on his previous decisions and like how he was running his life before. I think it works fine. Like I kind of like it as a wait what sort of moment of. It's a little honestly surprising to see it. Um, but at the same time, it's the second episode. We're not going to get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got also, we're staring down the barrel of like 20 plus episodes. So we're definitely not going to get anything. And so it's both. <laughs> Guys, Allison's eyes just now when Noel said 20 plus episodes. I've never seen them so wide in the Zoom. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. That's new information. That's new information for me. Oh, I thought you knew. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm glad. I'm glad I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So pace, pace your age and pace the beer. Um, <laughs> so I think that it's fine. But I think I legitimately I like this for surprise more than anything about it. And I think that's what we're supposed to take away from that is less so the narrative roadblock, but more Lucifer's surprise. But also, he just gets to see it as a way to justify a decision he had already made. So I like that. I liked how that worked out for him. But I also just appreciated the continuity nod of I'm pretty sure his fangirl was in line to get a favor. And I was very happy about that because I'm like 80 percent positive that actor was in there. So in that long line of people. Nice. Nice. Allison, any thoughts? I didn't catch that. It uh, almost makes me want to go back and watch it. Um, it's right at the end of the episode, so you can just rewind a little bit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. Um, that would be a delight. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I think it's early in the mythology building. So Noel is, of course, right. Of course, we're not going to get anything. I was having a hard time figuring out the tone of that interrogation. First of all, I don't, I, I guess there's also an issue with all of a sudden Lucifer seems way more reckless, like not spontaneous, but like he has some kind of a rage issue. Um which is weird, like the all of his interactions with the criminals and suspects and um, witnesses seem very intense in a way that they weren't before. Um, so I will admit that I was sort of distracted by trying to figure out the tone from that perspective. But then um, on top of that, I, I just couldn't get a read on what the actor who plays Paul Kinsey's killer was doing. Every time I say Paul Kinsey, I want to say Freedom Ride. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I just am not sure what I was really meant to take from that scene. So I guess if I'm assuming the best, um, to me, I got like a vaguely supernatural blankness, um, which is interesting and cool. And I'm all about that. Um, but it could also just be that there wasn't much there. But let's hope supernatural blankness that's what i sort of took from it as for lucifer um going back to his sort of old ways that's kind of an inevitable season three thing i think right um particularly with his failed attempt to come clean to chloe um but it was both a little thrilling and disheartening to see him in like full spread out on my nine couches mode um, getting ready to offer up favors to the masses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will have thoughts on that later in the season. Um, okay. Uh, unless anybody has anything that they want to us to cover in the um, chat. So drop, drop any thoughts in the chat that we didn't get to yet. Um, I feel like now, because we have a few extra minutes here, because we don't really want to talk about this episode very much, um, is the right time, Allison, for you to share with everyone your brilliant idea for how we need some some crossover shows to happen a spinoff web series starring dr linda oh yeah i want a dr linda spinoff i want dr linda to do in treatment basically like i want a i want a web series where it's dr linda and she's giving therapy to or performing therapy for uh all like all TV show superheroes. Like I want Dr. Linda to treat Jessica Jones. I want Dr. Linda to work with Sarah Lance to sort of like guide her through both the things she's experiencing currently, which I won't spoil for those who aren't watching the show, but also like, Hey, so how does it feel to have died four times? Because she's in a unique position because she already has had her mind blown by this other thing. Like she's not going to think it's a big deal if she has to talk to Rene Ramirez about what it's like to know that his daughter is dead in a future timeline and that he is going to be mayor, but he also doesn't know how to prevent, like, I want to know all of that. I wanted to talk to everybody on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They all need the help. Like, I want, and then maybe she can even branch out to other shows. Would love that. But basically, here is my pitch. Web series, Dr. Linda does in-treatment for superheroes and it's probably ideally DC superheroes to sort of keep it all in the family, but just superheroes more broadly. That's what I, that's my pitch. I think it would be great. Just imagine her talking to McRory. Come on. Imagine the McRory episode. Imagine her being like, so, you know, where do you think your love of fire comes from? Like, because when I burn my family, like I just, 
Tell me that's not great. Tell me that's not a great idea. It would be super fun. Call me DC, the CW, Mark Pedowitz. Give me a call. I'm so ready. I can make this happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, this is like, for me, this is right up there with our, we need uh, like priests and or magical uh, uh, religious adjacent people to get a beer with the exorcist priests um, and and Constantine, because uh, that also needs to happen. Uh, yeah. Keenan says, oh, my God, Linda and McRory. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, sorry. Also, this is not an important thing, but I feel like Chloe is making choices uh, with her wardrobe this season. The plaid suit plus T-shirt plus brogues felt like a very new look. And, oh, yeah. yeah also, I noticed that, Also, too. Dan's shirt. Yeah. What is happening with Dan's wardrobing? Also, Amenadiel's whole outfit in this episode is bad. Yeah. Like, it's aggressively bad. I don't know what it is, but it's... I don't know how layers on that outfit work, but it's bad. Um, I agree that the costuming is different, and there's a, a different vibe for almost everybody. But Chloe was the one that I noticed, too. Um, and part, I think part of the context in which I noticed is she's not just wearing jeans and t-shirts anymore. Um, and that made me think, well, she's got more time to think about her wardrobe so where is trixie Mm -hmm. if maze is bounty hunting where is trixie who's taking care of trixie i want to know what's going on with trixie yeah indeed um scotty says chloe has extensions and they are distracting yes also keenan says uh i hated lieutenant bland's quilted leather jacket it was too much yeah agreed yeah um yes also very much agreed. Uh, Latoya, if you are listening and you would like to shed any light on what the hell is happening in season three here at the beginning, if, yeah. you, if you can. Latoya, even even if you just text us, if if you need to share off the record, I want to know what the it's the it's the deal. I want to know the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scotty says, I also want to register another if Lucifer really the transgressive, it's all good sex, dude. The show wants him to be. He would be the last person to mock a micropenis, which is exactly true. 100%. He would think that humans were being stupid about it, is what Scotty says. And yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. It's like, why the notion, like, the notion that a character who is this old and has been around this long and has seen this much is that, has that relationship with any kind of body shape of any part of any kind of human body is very, very strange Mm -hmm. to me. Um, Just another example of the show losing track of their characters. Mm -hmm. So speaking of bodies though, I do, I remember one thing that I liked both in the first episode and in this one that I didn't mention. And in the interest of saying something positive um, that isn't about Dr. Linda and Amenadiel. um, The thing that Tom Ellis does when he puts his wings back in, it's like a it's like a double shrug, like a one two shrug is great. It's great. It's incredibly specific and it looks like a reflex and it sells those wings. It's I mean, the effect is cool. Like Scotty says the wings are legit cool and they are like it's a good visual effect. But the thing that sells it, it's, it's like a, I could never do it because it looks like like I re. I mean, it looks like he's like it's a it's not a learned movement. It's like a inherent muscular motion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a oh, my God, it's so cool. It's a really, really cool, tiny physical acting thing that I think is just amazing and really, really sells that. And it makes him seem otherworldly in a whole other way. Anyway, 
uh, I clung to that like it was a life preserver yesterday. So I thought I should probably mention it because as I was watching the episode, I was like, just do the wings again, please. Just do the wings again. Let me watch you shrug your shoulders in these tiny, your tiny pointy shoulders because it's so cool. And then I'll just focus on that. Well, Lieutenant Bland strolls off. the. We haven't even talked about that. You want to know why? Because it's intensely boring. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what I'm excited about? At least based on my memory, I don't want to make any promises here. Just like caveat this. I could very easily have wiped this part of my memory. I don't think he's in the next episode. Oh, great. So cool. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up our conversation <laughs> about season three, episode two, the one with the baby carrot, um, because I want to get to the part where I tell you the, the title of the next episode. So next week, week eight, we're going to kick things off with season three, episode three, which is Mr. and Mrs. Mazikeen Smith. Okay, nice. great. Yeah, I'm into right? that. Yeah. Yeah. It promises so many, like, it's a good title. It mm -hmm. promises much more interesting things. Uh, yes, exactly, Scotty. Very excited. Yes. Anyways, so that's going to have our... That, that's going to wrap up our conversation for this week. Thank you to our our chatters hanging out uh, in the Zoom. And today, that is Keenan and Marcus and Scotty. Uh, you guys are great. And thank you for <laughs> sticking with us through this rough start to season three. Hopefully, <laughs> we have more positive things to talk about next week. Uh, yeah. Uh, but for now, have a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.